Welcome listeners, I'm back. And you're back. Or you're here for the first time. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Crystal Clear. Thanks for stopping by. I've got more. More Morgulons. It's season four of More Morgulons. This is the first episode. It's so exciting. Yes, I've had Morgulons for about nine months now. Uh, it fucking sucks. And in fact, it sucks more every day. However, my will, my strength, my courage, my resilience, and my optimism are greater than any challenge I face. And the challenges are on my face, so I can't help but face them. But do you think that I'm going to let this awful, bizarre, strange, contested illness crush me like a bug? Ha! Nobody's sweeping me into a dustpan and throwing me in the trash. No. If I'm like a bug, then I'm like a cockroach. I'll survive a nuclear holocaust before I give up, before I accept my fate without driving my destiny. That's right. There are a few things I control. Not my body, but I control my mind. And I choose not to identify as a person who has a disease. No, I'm a morgy. Yeah, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm a morgy, AKA the cursed, the chosen. But most of all, I'm crystal clear. And I go forward without fear. I fight when I need to fight. And I yield when I need to yield. Today's Monday, the best day of the week, as everyone knows. And it lived up to its name. We are at the top of the wane of the worm moon. Horrible, horrible warm moon it was for me. But now, the next three days will be glorious. I hope you enjoy them, and I hope you enjoy episode one of season four, More Morgulons. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka, part one. One morning when Gregor Samsa woke from troubled dreams, he found himself transformed in his bed into a horrible vermin. He lay on his armor-like back, and if he lifted his head a little, he could see his brown belly, slightly domed and divided by arches into stiff sections. The bedding was hardly able to cover it and seemed ready to slide off any moment. His many legs, pitifully thin compared with the size of the rest of him, waved about helplessly as he looked. What's happened to me, he thought. It wasn't a dream. His room, a proper human room, although a little too small, lay peacefully between its four familiar walls. A collection of textile samples lay spread out on the table. Samsa was a traveling salesman. And above it, there hung a picture that he had recently cut out of an illustrated magazine and housed in a nice gilded frame. It showed a lady fitted out with a fur hat and fur boa who sat upright, raising a heavy fur muff that covered the whole of her lower arm towards the viewer. Gregor then turned to look out the window at the dull weather. Drops of rain could be heard hitting the pane, which made him feel quite sad. How about if I sleep a little bit longer and forget all this nonsense, he thought. But that was something he was unable to do because he was used to sleeping on his right and in his present state couldn't get into that position. 
However hard he threw himself onto his right, he always rolled back to where he was. He must have tried it a hundred times, shut his eyes so that he wouldn't have to look at the floundering legs, and only stopped when he began to feel a mild, dull pain there that he had never felt before. Oh God, he thought, what a strenuous career it is that I've chosen. Traveling day in and day out, Doing business like this takes much more effort than doing your own business at home. And on top of that, there's the curse of traveling, worries about making train connections, bad and irregular food, contact with different people all the time so that you can never get to know anyone or become friendly with them. It can all go to hell. He felt a slight itch up on his belly, pushed himself slowly up on his back towards the headboard so that he could lift his head better, found where the itch was and saw that it was covered with lots of little tiny white spots, which he didn't know what to make of. And when he tried to feel the place with one of his legs, he drew it quickly back because as soon as he touched it, he was overcome by a cold shudder. He slid back into his former position. Getting up early all the time, he thought, it makes you stupid. You've got to get enough sleep. Other traveling salesmen live a life of luxury. For instance, whenever I go back to the guest house during the morning to copy out the contract, these gentlemen are always still sitting there eating their breakfast. I ought to just try that with my boss. I'd get kicked out on the spot. But who knows, maybe that would be the best thing for me. If I didn't have my parents to think about, I'd have given in my notice a long time ago. I'd have gone up to the boss and told him just what I think. Tell him everything I would. Let him know just what I feel. He'd fall right off his desk. And it's a funny sort of business to be sitting up there at your desk, talking down at your subordinates from up there. Especially when you have to go right up close because the boss is hard of hearing. Well, there's still some hope. Once I've got the money together to pay off my parents' debt to him, another five or six years, I suppose, that's definitely what I'll do. That's when I'll make the big change. First of all, though, I've got to get up. My train leaves at five. And he looked over at the alarm clock, ticking on the chest of drawers. God in heaven, he thought. It was half past six, and the hands were quietly moving forwards. It was even later than half past, more like quarter to seven. Had the alarm clock not rung? He could see from the bed that it had been set for four o'clock as it should have been. It certainly must have rung. Yes, but was it possible to quietly sleep through that furniture rattling noise? True, he had not slept peacefully, but probably all the more deeply because of that. What should he do now? The next train went at seven. If he were to catch that, he would have to rush like mad, and the collection of samples was still not packed, and he did not at all feel particularly fresh and lively. And even if he did catch the train, he would not avoid his boss's anger, as the office assistant would have been there to see the five o'clock train go. He would have put in his report about Gregor's not being there a long time ago. The office assistant was the boss's man, spineless and with no understanding. What about if he reported sick? But that would be extremely strained and suspicious, as in 15 years of service, Gregor had never once yet been ill. His boss would certainly come round with the doctor from the medical insurance company, accuse his parents of having a lazy son, and accept the doctor's recommendation not to make any claim as the doctor believed that no one was ever ill, but that many were work shy. And what's more, would he have been entirely wrong in this case? Gregor did, in fact, apart from excessive sleepiness after sleeping for so long, feel completely well and even felt much hungrier than usual. He was still hurriedly thinking all this through, unable to decide to get out of bed when the clock struck quarter to seven. There was a cautious knock at the door near his bed. Gregor, somebody called. It was his mother. It's quarter to seven. Didn't you want to go somewhere? That gentle voice. Gregor was shocked when he heard his own voice answering. It could hardly be recognized as the voice he had had before. As if from deep inside him, there was a painful and uncontrollable squeaking mixed in with it. The words could be made out at first, but then there was a sort of echo which made them unclear, leaving the hearer unsure whether he had heard properly or not. 
Gregor had wanted to give a full answer and explain everything, but in the circumstances, contented himself with saying, Yes, yes, mother. Yes, thank you. I'm getting up now. The change in Gregor's voice probably could not be noticed outside through the wooden door, as his mother was satisfied with this explanation and shuffled away. But this short conversation made the other members of the family aware that Gregor, against their expectations, was still at home. And soon his father came knocking at one of the side doors, gently, but with his fist. Gregor, Gregor, he called. What's wrong? And after a short while, he called again with a warning deepness in his voice. Gregor, Gregor. At the other side door, his sister came plaintively. Gregor, aren't you well? Do you need anything? Gregor answered to both sides. I'm ready now. Making an effort to remove all the strangeness from his voice by enunciating very carefully and putting long pauses between each individual word. His father went back to his breakfast, but his sister whispered, Gregor, open the door, I beg of you. Gregor, however, had no thought of opening the door and instead congratulated himself for his cautious habit, acquired from his traveling, of locking all doors at night even when he was at home. The first thing he wanted to do was get up in peace without being disturbed to get dressed and most of all to have his breakfast. Only then would he consider what to do next, as he was well aware that he would not bring his thoughts to any sensible conclusions by lying in bed. He remembered that he had often felt a slight pain in bed, perhaps caused by lying awkwardly, but that had always turned out to be pure imagination, and he wondered how his imaginings would slowly resolve themselves today. He did not have the slightest doubt that the change in his voice was nothing more than the first sign of a serious cold, which was an occupational hazard for traveling salesmen. It was a simple matter to throw off the covers. He only had to blow himself up a little, and they fell off by themselves. But it became difficult after that, especially as he was so exceptionally broad. He would have used his arms and his hands to push himself up, but instead of them, he only had all those little legs continuously moving in different directions, and which he was, moreover, unable to control. If he wanted to bend one of them, then that was the first one that would stretch itself out, and if he finally managed to do what he wanted with that leg, all the others seemed to be set free and would move about painfully. This is something that can't be done in bed, Gregor said to himself, so don't keep trying to do it. The first thing he wanted to do was get the lower part of his body out of the bed, but he had never seen this lower part and could not imagine what it looked like. It turned out to be hard to move. It went so slowly and finally, almost in a frenzy, when he carelessly shoved himself forwards with all the force he could gather. He chose the wrong direction, hit hard against the lower bedpost, and learned from the burning pain he felt that the lower part of his body might well at present be the most sensitive. Listeners, I have to go, but tomorrow I'll be back with more metamorphosis on more more glance. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.